bizarre murder cases have recently occurred in Raccoon City. There are outlandish reports of families being attacked by a group of about 10 people. Victims were apparently eaten. Bravo team went to the hideout of the group and disappeared. Resident Evil. What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie. You're listening to Cinema Parlor. Uh, I just want to say real quick that uh, Stacy was flipping me off with a wiggling middle finger. Like, he was just wanting to just ram it in there. And It's a very foul way to start the show. Well, that's what you were doing to me. What's happening? What's new? You guys doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't have really bad allergy stuff right now. You're both kind of yeah, it's, it's barely holding together. That's true. I've I've had some issues for like a couple weeks now. You Just, had a cold. We were going to record. I had a cold, yeah. So that's why we're a little w- late with the episode. I had the, a cold and... This one's been a long time coming. Yeah. We've been working on this episode a long time. A lot of research. And then we've had a lot of illnesses and uh, just things come up to where we've just pushed back recording. Yeah. Look, these things happen. But it's going to be worth it. We got a, we got a good show planned. So uh, on today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about the Resident Evil franchise. You said it wrong. Okay. Resident Evil. That's fair. <laughs> okay. I think we've got uh, a fun show uh, in store. But before we get started, of course, we have a lovely drink today. Melanie, you want to tell us about what we're drinking for today? Yeah, I'm going to take a sip of it before I talk about it because I'm hoping it tastes good. It does. Mm, that tastes like you're on a tropical island. That's delicious. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. drink. And I've got some uh, blue and green Twizzlers in there to represent the T-Virus mm-hmm. and the Antidote, which nice. we know are green and blue. Okay, you can do it a couple different ways, but what we have here today is coconut rum, blue curacao, club soda, pineapple juice. So load your cup up with a bunch of ice, mix all the ingredients. You want to do about two ounces of each. So it's a tall cup that you want to use Mm -hmm. and pour pineapple over everything to fill the gap. Pineapple really ties ties it together. Makes a beautiful green, blue color. It mixes together. Concoction. You can actually uh, do a virgin version of this. You would just do, I would do blue raspberry juice, um, or you could do like the blue Hawaiian punch, but any blue raspberry juice, some pineapple juice, some blue LaCroix, or blue LaCroix, coconut LaCroix, Mm -hmm. mix it all together, same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's going to have a very tropical, refreshing feel. So, but for the the episode today, it's a nice, a nice blue. That's great. It's a great drink. It's fruity, lovely, delicious. Mm-hmm. Real quick, before we start, I'm going to do something to show that I want continued support here. In the past few episodes, I have said that we would like some reviews. I figured we do have old reviews. So I thought I should read them just for the people that have left them, just to show that I'm not a liar and I am going to read your reviews. If you are so inclined to do yeah, so yeah want to okay so real quick we have three reviews that i would like to share with everyone 
we know all these people. So if you leave a one star review, I'll still read it on Nolan. Yeah, tell me I'm I'll I'll read it. Oh well, it's that's Nolan. fine. Okay, <laughs> even better. This is from Kendra. Love these guys. They are always entertaining. The sound quality is tops. Thank you, Kendra. We have another review from our friend Coop. All things us film nerds, nerds love. If you aren't a film nerd, check it out. Nolan, Stacy, Mel give some great insight and are always entertained to listen to. And lastly, we have a review from Spencer from the uh, podcast. Don't uh, shoot the piano player. Yes. Their last season was the Spike Lee podcast. This this year they're doing uh, French New Wave. French, yes, absolutely. Uh, Spencer said, it's a great show. It's a great discussion from great hosts and great guests. So thank you from Kendra, Coop, and Spencer. We appreciate you. You, you missed this review. And I just got flipped off. So I just wanted to throw that in there just to show that, you know what, if you guys leave us leave us some reviews, I'm, I will read them. I've read that other people have left reviews. I don't know where. We're going to get into the subject at hand. Out of all of us, Stacy is definitely the biggest, most hardcore fan of the Resident Evil game series. You've played what i mean one and two countless times but the rest of the series as well it's a lot it's high numbers for you for replayability it is one of the games that i will buy a video game system for i'll go ahead and say that i have played a couple of video games i've played resident evil 4 one of my favorites i've played resident evil 0 that was a gamecube game correct yeah <laughs> i've played the first resident evil and i have also beat resident evil Code Veronica, which is a extremely hard, hard game. game. Now, when you say first, you mean the GameCube version of yes. the first, yeah, the not like version. the original. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the remake of the original. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, uh, I played those games when I was younger. Uh, I haven't played any of the newer ones that I'm aware of, be it six, seven... And now eight. Eight now. Obviously, that yeah. just came out. Mm -hmm. When we're recording this, this yeah. what, it came out last week? Yes. Yeah. So there's that. And I will say uh, I have a strong affection for the film franchise, which we will get into. It's weird. I've probably played four and five the most. I know four. I, I've played that act the absolute most, but five I've played quite a bit. And then I have played the first and second game. I just did a replay or or. For the first time, I played the HD remastered of one, and I'm starting, uh, I just started two today. Okay. You haven't played that no. remake? No. It is so stressful. I'm at the very beginning. I just got to the police station, and Mr. X isn't even there yet, and it is already so, so stressful. And I, I hear that mm. it just keeps that throughout the entire game. So I feel like I'm going to have an ulcer by the end of it. <laughs> but yeah, so... For me, uh, Resident Evil wasn't very, it wasn't a big mm -hmm. game series in our household. That was something more I kind of discovered on my own. The My brothers had uh, one and two, so I did play that. But yeah, by the time four came out, what, that's 2005? 2000, mm -hmm. yeah. So GameCube, loved that system. Mm -hmm. And that game still, you can fire it up. It looks great. Yeah. The graphics on it are wonderful. Five, I know people kind of bitched about because it pulls away from horror aspect. It's more of an action adventure. It's a game set. It's kind of a tropical setting, if I remember. Yeah. Well, it's set in Africa, but 
it's mostly in daylight and it is still stressful. This is truly an underrated game for couch co-op. It is one of the best. It's so much fun. Um, I can't recommend it enough. But yeah, so for me, it's kind of Resident Evil was more of something that I just branched out on my own. The films before we went on this journey, I had only seen, uh, I'd seen the first one a couple times and I'd seen the second maybe twice and the third once, but I'd never seen the rest of them. I wasn't a big fan. I thought, and actually, I don't even know if I'd seen all of the third mm -hmm. one before we watched it. I might have just seen like a chunk here and there. My start with the series dates back to Resident Evil 2. So this would be early 1998. I didn't have a PlayStation 1 yet. And I really wanted one, seeing games like in demo stations and stuff like Tekken, uh, Battle Arena Toshinden, Final Fantasy VII would have just come out, you know, months prior. But I saw Resident Evil 2, I think it was the opening cutscene, and just that opening area of once you wrecked the car, you know, getting to the police station. And I saw that and was like, this is, this is like cinema. Like, this is not like video games that I have played before. This is something different. And I, I really felt that what intrigued me about it was that it was pushing the medium forward as far as telling a narrative. And I thought that was very interesting. So that got me hooked on it. Uh, Shortly after that, bought a PlayStation, went back, got Resident Evil 1, and I would buy everything that had to do with this series. If I saw a video game magazine that had Resident Evil coverage in there, I would scoop that up. They eventually came out with novelizations that I bought all of them. Yep, I, uh, <laughs> I did some research for that. I got the toy line, even though I was way too old to play with toys or anything like that. I just thought they were cool. Like, you're making Resident Evil toys? I'm, I'll buy that. I bought everything Resident Evil. It. What figures did you have? Uh, I think from the original... I had the original line. I didn't have any of the Resident Evil 2 ones because those came later. But I had, like, Chris, Jill. They had a zombie forest. Um, you know, the character forest that gets pecked to death by crows. They had, an, I think, a scientist zombie. I had the dog. Had the spider. Ugh. I think I had a hunter. But um, yeah, I I love, 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 love this IP. Like I said earlier, it's one of those that I would, I follow, you know, still to this day, I get excited about every single release. I get whatever console it's available on. It It is a console buyer for me. Should we go into a little bit of the history? Yeah, of absolutely. The, the series? Sure. So Resident Evil came out in 1996. So that's another reason that we wanted to do this is because 25 years of the IP existing. It uh, was created by Shinji Mikami, who previously, I think he did like program for like DuckTales for the NES, but uh, he worked at Capcom and they were the ones who put the game out. So it was originally developed as a remake of Sweet Home which is a game from 1989 that came out in Japan for the family home computer, which is what we got over here is the NES. And it was based off a hit movie in Japan. It was uh, just a horror game, but it had, you know, adventure game aspects to it. You know, you go into a house, it had the door animations that Resident Evil would carry on, and the combat was more RPG in style, less action. 
So they were heavily influenced by that and then Alone in the Dark, which came out on the PC, I think in the early 90s. It's a horror series inspired by the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, it takes place in the 20s. It's kind of a mix between, you know, that adventure game and, you know, with action elements that Resident Evil kind of perfected. But it used um, the fixed camera that the Resident Evil series would became, become famous for and the tank controls. So they carried that over. Oh, tank controls. Now, Resident Evil, mm -hmm. I think, has such a striking look for a game for when it came out. It used pre-rendered backgrounds. So it would take 2D backgrounds and animate them. And the best example of this is if you look at the Resident Evil remake, or Nolan said earlier Resident Evil Zero, they still do the pre-rendered backgrounds in those games, but it looks flawless. Like, Melanie, you just played yeah. the HD remaster. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best-looking games still. How old is that now at this point? I mean, 2002. The animation's really good. The voice acting is a lot better in the remake, though. Love the original voice acting. It's in dialogue, but this is... It was a little bit more. Well, and the original started with a live action video that was censored for America. Mm -hmm. It's great. So the series is known for that. The tank controls, which kind of puts people off, especially nowadays. I love them. I can get used to tank controls, but it takes me, I would say, a solid 30 minutes of using them to get back into it. You can just I, jump back in. It feels I, like home. I have a very hard time. I don't. I have to, like, reprogram I, my brain to do it. I don't know if I... And I'm just... I know this is ridiculous. I'm just being honest. I don't know if I could go do back. one at this point yeah. anymore. It's hard for and a lot of people. it's not that I... Like, I, I, I like... I like yeah, those absolutely. games. I just, I just don't think I could... I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny to think back games uh, when you're... It's, like, things you could do when you're younger, mm -hmm. no problem. Right. You try to do now, and you're like, mm -hmm. what the hell? You just get frustrated so much <laughs> faster, and it's, like... For me, anyway, like... Well, it's like you're pampered now because yeah. everything's so <laughs> right. seamless and slick. Right. And, yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I can still rock OG Mario Bros. That's not a problem. Tank control specifically, it just takes me a little bit to get back into them. Really, the only one I have problems with is Tomb Raider. But That's that game clunky. always played bad. No, that, yeah. Which... <laughs> That's a clunker of a game. Also, OG. 1996. Um... <laughs> So this also had limited inventory, uh, door loading screens, and an emphasis on puzzles would be defining features of the series originally. It coined survival horror as a new genre of video games, and after the success of Resident Evil, because it sold like crazy, it uh, so many games would borrow the formula for this. Like you said, it had the B-movie aesthetics with the corny dialogue. Mm -hmm. uh, what I really like is they really, in those first two games, really dive into the B-movie part of it. You know, the dialogue is silly, but they use very primal fears. The old dark house, ferocious dogs, you know, zombies, which had kind of... They're not as popular as when the game came out, and I think the game is very influential in popularizing zombies for what we have now. Mm. But you would have, you know, the vicious canines, vicious sharks, giant snakes, giant spiders. The way they look in that remake, it they look so realistic. It's disgusting. <laughs> no offense. 
And the game, like, it really helped the PlayStation along because the PlayStation launch had some decent, like, 2D games on there, like Rayman, but it, it had trouble finding an identity. I think Battle Arena Toshinden was, like, one of the top games for it. And, you know, shortly after, Tekken came out for it. But 1996 is really the year that defined 3D gaming. You had Mario 64 came out. Yeah, Tomb Raider came out. While I don't like it, it is a very influential game. And then Resident Evil, and I think along with that and Twisted Metal and Crash Bandicoot, really gave the PlayStation its personality my, uh, of being my, separate from Nintendo. Yeah, my cousin had a regular PlayStation, and I was a big uh, Twisted Metal fan. Twisted Metal's great. Played that one a lot. Yeah. Well, with Twisted Metal and Resident Evil, it gives you like a more adult feel than what was offered through Nintendo with Mario 64, mm. and I think they had pilot wings out at the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, definitely did a lot to just establish the brand of the Sony PlayStation. Mm. So, I think that Resident Evil, the influence of that series can be felt today. Zombies are so popular, they're a subgenre of their own right now. Right. We get zombie television, zombie movies... Resident Evil was really, like, in the forefront of presenting well, zombies to the masses. There had been a big zombie bubble back in, like, late 60s, 70s, and, like, there's some stuff in the 80s. It's, like, it never really went away, but it definitely wasn't as mainstream for the public until you get Resident yeah. Evil. Like the, it just rebirthed it. The last zombie movie I remember before being exposed to Resident Evil is Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead. Mm. Like, that... That and Resident Evil got me into zombie movies, you know, to seek mm -hmm. out, you know, the older ones. I think it's uh, quite remarkable. This franchise, it's one of the best-selling franchises. It's endured for 25 years in so many different styles of game. And it's gone on to influence, you know, hundreds of thousands of games after it. And there's a lot of direct knockoffs to this franchise yeah for, from the early survival horror roots to the third person action of resident evil 4 this is you know a timeless series that is revolutional for you know video games do you guys have any closing thoughts before we move on to uh the movies like i said resident evil 4 is one of my personal favorite games that i've that I've played, and I'm not the game savant that you are, but I've the ones I've played, that's one of my favorites. Whenever that Chainsaw Boy comes out, yeah. how does mm -hmm. that make you feel? I mean, I was terrified. I scare easy at was times. Was that opening so. in the village? Because the opening of 4 yeah. is one of the best. I mean, mm -hmm. it, again, it's just a great game overall, but it's such a good opener. Did that terrify you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you think with how stressed you get with games, like, could you do the modern ones? Like the first person, yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm with gonna, the jump scares. I'm, I'm planning. Could you do Outlast? Um, what's that? Could you do Outlast? Outlast. I don't know if I could do Outlast because there's be no saves. You yeah. just gotta. Mm -hmm. gotta now go. I will like. Uh, I got a PlayStation Five recently, so like, they gave you Resident Evil Seven on there. So like, I am going to play that one at some time, and then I will play Eight at and some point. As well, well it's like what one Village. of like three games that are out on the PS Five right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say, I know that it's basic as hell, but Lady D, I know the internet mm -hmm. loves her. I'm very, very on board with it. Yeah. I don't, I haven't I played like, the game yet. I like but the I look of her. Like the look of mm -hmm. her a lot, so I'm down. Do we want to start getting into the film franchise a little bit? Yeah, Nolan, do you want to introduce us to yeah. Paul W. S. Anderson? So, uh, 
Mr. Paul W.S. Anderson, a auteur in the truest sense in this man's opinion. Uh, we're going to talk about his filmography here in a second, I think, but I will say that he started the Resident Evil movie franchise in 2002 with uh, Resident Evil. And from there, uh, he would go on to personally direct, uh, I believe, four more films, and there would be a total of six in the series. He wrote all of them, did he not? I believe that is correct. Um, we will... I'm sure we'll hit I'll on it. I'll double check on yeah. it. It's a, but, but yeah, I think he was a part in writing most of them, if not all. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Paul W.S. Anderson for a sec. He is an uh, English-born film director. I am a big fan of his. I have seen all his films except for, I think, two. If I'm, I haven't seen his uh, version of Death Race. And I have yet to see a TV movie he did, I believe, called The Scythe, I think is what it's called. Paul W.S. Anderson, huge fan of video games, grew up in a very desolate area in England, and that would go on to show in a lot of the movies he would make. Uh, A lot of his movies take place in kind of underground, pretty ragged, desolate areas, and he would really go on to do that through a lot of his career culminates in uh, Resident Evil with uh, that film being basically an underground lab. His first film, Shopping, is a personal favorite. He would go on to make video game adaptations. He would be known for that a lot, starting with, I believe, Mortal Kombat, going all the way through his most recent film, Monster Hunter. So, thoughts on W.S. Anderson. Uh, What do you guys think of the filmmaker? So, in my mind, I kind of, I put him on a shelf, we'll say. With Zack Snyder and Michael Bay, the three of them kind of sit close, Mm -hmm. very closely to me because I feel like they do big action. Mm -hmm. He's my favorite of the three. I don't know that he's had as good of a film as Zack Snyder has, but I, or Michael Bay for that matter, but I think that Anderson is the most fun consistently. There's always something that draws me in where I'm not bored. Like maybe it's, you know, convoluted, especially with Resident Evil, it gets so far away from what the IP is. But it doesn't really bother me because it it just stands on its own. It's its own thing. Yeah, he's kind of doing his own thing, which I respect very much. But Monster Hunter, I don't know anything about that series. That film was so much fun, and I would love for him to get to do sequels to that. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but hopefully. I, I did not expect to come out at the end of all of this research to be such a big... Paul W.S. Anderson fan, but I am. I I really like him. You know, that really uh, touches my heart to (laughs) hear that you're a believer, Melanie. So You know what, though? Nolan, one tiny, tiny nitpick. Yes. So, I believe on a previous episode, you discussed thoroughly Pompeii. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you gave a great, what I would say, breakdown and analysis of that film for everybody. Mm. Yeah. Watching that film, and I'm not mad at you, because... I so badly wanted to see what you had described. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to it. I thought that Kit Harrington was going to have a lot of sexual chemistry with this tall, you know, drink of water, mm-hmm. this man that was in the film. I don't know his name right now. I'm sorry. But there is no sexual tension at all, sir. And But I will say your version of the film was better. I uh- thought it was fun. Like, I liked it a lot. But your version of that film would have been... Uh, aces for me so you know that's fair uh sometimes i 
My mind works mysterious ways. Stacy? I think that he is an interesting, stylish director. I think that he comes up with some pretty cool shots. And when left to his own devices, I think that he shoots action pretty well. I think that he is a terrible writer and shouldn't write scripts <laughs> ever. Somebody should come around and just slap his hands whenever he's typing. Also, it seems like the enjoyment of his films, for me, especially his post-90s films, rely heavily on who is editing them. I say modern, like films from like the last 15 years. I feel like a lot of them are marred by bad editing. Not all. There are some gems in there. That is fair. I'm actually going to go the opposite way. Now, there are a couple of his movies that I don't particularly care for, particularly Resident Evil 6, as we'll talk about. Other than Resident Evil 6, I I think his last 15 years are his best of his career. And that's why I would compare him, like you said, a little bit with Bay. I hate a lot of Bay up to Transformers 3. Now, post 3... My favorite stuff, everything. And a done. lot of people would go the other way. Sure. Yeah. And so, and I'm, and I'm that with Anderson where I don't, I, I, there are some of his movies I like that I think are enjoyable to watch, but as far as his talent level, I find him to be much more fascinating, uh, up to, uh, Resident Evil 4 and on. So. Have you watched the new Mortal Kombat yet? I have not. Okay. So we can't, we'll save that conversation okay. for, for a future, but I'm interested. Continue. In Oh, that's really it. Okay. Interesting director, bad, bad writer. And uh, another thing, I, we brought up uh, the Melanie B. The Bay and uh, Zack Snyder and him comparison. I think it's a good one. There's. I just want to mention this real quick just because it's a thing that people talked about about, I don't know, it's been probably 10 years ago at this point. But uh, this thing called Vulgar Auteurs, which... At the time, I was interested in. Now I'm not as much. I just think an auteur is an auteur, so it, it shouldn't matter. Um, but anyway, he, he, those three directors in particular got lumped in kind of this frame along with uh, somebody like um, uh, Ridley Scott's brother. Why can't I think of his Tony? name? Tony? Tony Scott, Scott, who was uh, the, what a lot of people would claim the originator of the uh, vulgar auteur. But, uh, oh, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, he, Tony Scott's not comparable like again, Tony well, Scott's like on a totally different level. Right. But he, I under he has a style thing that, but his style from like Man on Fire on, yes. like all those movies look the same. But those before are, that, like Top Gun yeah. and Days of Thunder, like they don't really. Look. I should I should refrain. Well, I was they up to again. They used that point where you just right. said Man on Fire on. They're talking about those movies. Gotcha. That he hit a different a different level in his filmmaking, a different type of filmmaking. So, uh, but anyway, as you said that, one thing I, I think is interesting when looking at Zack Snyder and N.W.S. Anderson is that you could almost say W.S. Anderson is the video game guy in films and Zack Snyder is the comic book guy. And when you look at these things, especially people will point out in compositions, Zack Snyder is the quote-unquote painterly type and... Uh, W.S. Anderson is more of the fast edit in your face type video game. So I think it's an interesting comparison when looking at those two. We could also say that really neither of them give a shit about the source material. Yeah, but okay, that's fair. But I will say I do feel like Anderson actually likes video games. 
I don't know if Snyder likes comics. Yeah, so one thing we know for sure about W.S. <laughs> is that he was a huge video game player. Yeah. Uh, he's always been interested in uh, basically just not, you know, Internet's an easy thing to say, but just like advancements in technology. So he's, he was very much into the thought of virtual reality early on in his career, even and that got big later. But yeah, he was a player of video games, and that's what kind of created, wanted him to do Mortal Kombat and kind of use that into making more video game movies as he went along. Which, so. at this point, is Paul W. S. Anderson the most covered director on the show? You know, he, he's up there. Because we have yes. a separate Event Horizon and a separate Mortal Kombat episode. Yeah. That's true. You want right. to give us the first film? All right. The synopsis? Let's do it. So, our first film here, we are doing... This is just Resident Evil. This is directed in 2002 by the aforementioned Paul W.S. Anderson. A secret experiment, a deadly virus, a fatal mistake, all caps. When a virus leaks from a top secret facility, turning all resident researchers into ravenous zombies and their lab animals into mutated hounds from hell, the government sends in an elite military task force to contain the outbreak. Alice and Rain are charged with leading the mission. But they only have three hours before the pathogen becomes airborne and infects the world. Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. <laughs> <We laughs> she plays the uh, main character, Alice. We have Michelle Rodriguez as Rain Eric Mobius. Mobius. Mo Mobius. Mobius as Matt. Uh, <laughs> PK, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I cannot. <laughs> I like that you, we've covered films with like cast that's entirely international with hard yep. to pronounce, and you are fine on mm -hmm. this. You're like I'm out. PK, <laughs> Makatish, uh -huh, as no. Lisa. I don't. I'm sorry. I apologize. Colin Salmon has one. Uh, Martin Cruz as Kaplan. We've got a few others, but that that's probably enough. That covers it. All right. Bite it, rest of the actors. I'm sorry, everyone. I just didn't have it in me. Nolan's notes on Resident Evil. Debbie W.S. Anderson loves his blues and greens. Blue elevator room, green and blue vials of the virus. Mila's eyes, that blue and green mix. Mila in that red dress. Hot damn. Uses the color red as danger? Question mark. Maybe. We'll see. Fragmented memories. Entered. Oh, interested. Wow. Okay. Interested in technical advancements, especially in animated graphics and display text and information. Especially fond of tunnels. I'm talking of uh, some of Mr. Anderson's tendencies here. Uh, especially fond of tunnels and corridors and elevators, having a sense of danger through said spaces. Uh, example, the lasers in the corridor, reminiscent of what he used in Event Horizon, and he would go on to use later in the series. Would wager to say Resident Evil and Event Horizon are bound from the same cloth. Michelle Rodriguez is in badass mode. Faster editing when the action picks up. Industrial rock music editing to the rhythm. A Anderson staple. Struggles with aged CGI, which has always been a bugaboo I've had with uh, WS. Another thing in common with Event Horizon there. Both interest... Oh, I'm sorry. Boy interest... Uh, <laughs> Mila's boy interest here. I didn't even write his name. <laughs> Pronounced a blue eyes to Mila's greenish blues. 
Evil Corporate Institutions, another W.S. Anderson mainstay. And finally, as uh, we talked about this, we'll get it right here. The green vial is the antibody and the blue is the T virus. So that is all I wrote on this one. Thoughts on the first Resident Evil film? I think this is a very fun film. I think it's perfectly serviceable. Obviously, it's nothing like the game apart from Umbrella Corporation, uh, the T-Virus itself. Like, we don't... I mean, Alice, who is the main character throughout all these films, Mila's character, she is not in the games. Right. Through the looking glass. Mm-hmm. She's down the rabbit yeah. hole. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, something... it's an allusion to... It is. It's, it's Alice in Wonderland, which is fine. He yeah. said that many times. Yeah, so that's something I was going to mention real quick, as you just mentioned, is he, that he thought this was going to be his only movie. He made his own character in Alice, and yes, he was using that Alice in Wonderland as the reference. I think it works well. Like I like the movie. You know, if you're looking at it through as just like an ad- ad- adaptation, he kind of takes his own spin and route on the series and i in preparation for this i read the romero script that he george romero was set to write and direct a resident evil film back i think he wrote it in 1998 so that was the original plan and i i think things eventually happened between was it sony and capcom i i know things happened where he eventually fell off the Mm -hmm. the picture i mean that script never would have been made because he included everything from the games, it's monster-wise. Like, the budget would have been... Insane. It's fine, but I... Yeah, I agree. I don't think that's the film that ever would have made it to mm-hmm. to cinema. And I know that people kind of hold that as, like, we could have had a, you know, a movie that was based in the series. But, I mean, I think this is perfectly fine for what it is. I enjoy it. You know? I think it's fun. Daisy? I think this movie is, like Molly said, perfectly serviceable. I think it's a good introduction to the world. It's structured like aliens, which he would go on to. I I think he he would use a lot of a lot of that in in his films. Yeah, the the whole things go wrong, send into mm-hmm. the elite team. Now they have to escape. Well, and she's constantly an outsider going into yeah. and you know sure. dealing with this special group of who, whoever they yeah. might be mm-hmm. in each movie. Are we doing best and worst, and also wrote down best monster for each film? Yes. So since you did that, I will say most of my monsters, because there's not a lot that's added from film to film, but I I did do a little breakdown of things that I like and things I dislike. So if you want to, we can. Well, my favorite part of this first movie is the first 20 minutes. I think the opening is very, very solid. I think that watching the virus get out and... Like, just the cleanness of the laboratories. I think it is a very interesting contrast. And I like the tension scenes, like the elevator, like, getting stuck. Mm -hmm. I think that works really well. And the introduction to Alice, because he definitely plays on expectations, because they show it starting in a mansion, and the mansion's such a big part of the game. And for him to just kind of throw that aside and spend so much time in the lab after that, I think it's an interesting um, play on audience expectations. I think the worst part of this film is the CGI. It's truly awful in some places. My favorite monster is the Cerberus, the dogs. I think the dog scenes are pretty cool. I think they're practical for the most part outside of, you know, when she's doing karate on them. 
I think they just took like mesh and put makeup on the mesh and put it over the dogs. Yeah. Dobermans. I mean, it looks like they took some loose mm-hmm. spaghettis <laughs> and just slapped it all over those babies. Yeah. No, they they look really good. They yeah. Do. Uh, I'll just say real quick that uh, this is a movie I enjoy. I think it's it's a solid film. It's probably this and Event Horizon are my personal favorite to him pre Resident Evil Afterlife. As with with you guys, the the CGI. Which did we? Just a side note: If we already talked about this, I'm sorry. We talked about uh, that we did an episode on Event Horizon. We actually did a Mortal Kombat episode. We, yeah, yeah, we, we paired we it with Enter the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. So we no, we, we had did. a full. I think it was called Fight or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, but anyway, I, uh, I I agree that the the CGI and I even said that in my notes, but it, it ages so bad in some of his movies, and it's it makes it even worse when you're watching it on Blu-ray. <laughs> you have a nice TV yeah. and a Blu-ray player. It's rough times, yeah, but absolutely. Uh, but but other than that, I don't have a lot of major issues. Like I, for someone who doesn't rewatch a lot, I've probably seen this movie four times, four or five times. Which, you know, it I, I'm always entertained and 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 find it interesting to study every time I watch it. So I I enjoy myself every time I watch the movie. Oh, I I bought this DVD when I was in high school. Watched the commentary and. All that stuff. For my high, I really like how vicious the Red Queen is in that she's fucking killing everybody. The elevator, the laser corridor. Mm-hmm. And she is, she fucks up people and doesn't care. Like, it's mm-hmm. pretty brutal. CGI on her is terrible. Looks really sure. rough. Probably the worst part of it. Although it's kind of horrifying to see her little face. Yeah. My low, Michelle Rodriguez dying. Mm. She, she can't stay alive. In a franchise. Yeah. Too early, too. Always. Mm-hmm. That's my low. And then my favorite monster is definitely the Cerberus. I think they look... I think this is the... They look the best in this film. Yeah. I'll just agree with you guys that easily the best looking thing mm-hmm. in the film, I would say. Absolutely. My high uh, contrasted to your low is just that anytime Michelle Rodriguez kicks ass, I mean... Oh, yeah. I love her. And it's it's great to see her on screen just doing her thing. And it is a bummer that she has to leave so soon. It always breaks my heart. But, but maybe she'll be back. You know? As always, there's a possibility the with Michelle. But she, she's, you know, give her a franchise, she, you tell her she's gone, and guess what? You can't kill me. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm at. Low point CGI. Kind of, I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah. It's a good time. For my ranking, this would be pretty high up. Like, I I have fun with it. Are you guys... Yeah, we should... Now that you mentioned that, we should do that uh, at the end if you guys want. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next up, we have Resident Evil Apocalypse. This is the second film in the series, 2004, directed by Alexander Witt. So, you're all going to die in caps as the city is locked down under quarantine. Alice joins a small band of elite soldiers enlisted to rescue the missing daughter of the creator of the mutating T-virus. It's a heart-pounding race against time as the group faces off against hordes of bloodthirsty zombies, stealthy liquors, mutant canines, and the most sinister foe yet. All right, so in this film, we have Mila as Alice Sienna Gilroy? I think it's Gilroy. As Jill Valentine. Oded, did we did we go with Oded? It's Oded Fair. Okay, 
outed fair as Carlos Oliveira. Thomas Kretschmann. What is this? I like that you said that and you just didn't see that C in that name. Which one? Thomas Kretschmann. No, I, I, I chose to make it silent. Sophie Vavasir as Angie Ashford. Razak, Razak, Razik, Razak, Adati, Sergeant Peyton Wells. What is it? Jared Harris, I know him, Dr. Ashford, and Mike Epps as LJ. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I, I'd say that's the cast. Yeah, okay. I agree. You know, life's hard, especially reading. <laughs> you got to go with the confidence of a kindergarten teacher. I... It doesn't matter if I say their name right or wrong. I think I have an actual issue with, like, saying things out loud. Like, speaking? Well, in, in general, I guess. But I mean, He says I'm on like, the podcast. When I'm reading something, like, I, I will know what words are, and I will just read them and say them wrong. It's, it's a real problem I have. I'm sorry to everyone involved. I think it's very entertaining. Well, this is the quality of the podcast, and this is what they get, so... This is what they get. If Thomas Kretschmann's listening, too bad. Resident Evil 2 Apocalypse. Here we go. So much ugly editing with no rhythm to the edits. The chaos is fitting but makes it difficult to comprehend the structure. Mostly close-up shots, super slow motion, disorienting visuals that lead to a mindless sense of space. Tech horror taking techniques from past zombie-era films like 28 Days Later and the Rec films. Zombie hookers, how about that? GTA Mo Effers, 10 <laughs> points. I think that was a line that is said. Uh, activate Nemesis Program. If I could read my writing, it's another quote. I apologize. Mike Epps has some excellent comic timing and line reading. Also, love his double golden guns, getting that caster Troy from Face Off vibes with that shit. The end fight. Showdown between Alice and Nemesis is completely uncomprehensive. It lacks cohesion. A display of inept editing that strongly frustrates myself. And zombie Jared Harris gets his revenge. Uh, I know there are people that like this movie out there. So if you do, I, I am sorry for my negativity. It's just one I personally have a problem with because I am big on spacing, especially in action films. I feel like for an action film, the action in this is very poor. Right. I think the people like this movie, the ones who do like this movie, I imagine it's because it's the closest to the video it's games. It's close to three. Yeah, I, it, there are parts of it that are similar to the game three. Best part of this movie, Jared Harris. That's probably true. He He's always great. Even in bad movies, he's he watchable. He elevates everything that he's in. He's that caliber of actor. He, he is uh, yeah. highly entertaining to watch on screen. Mm -hmm. I greatly enjoy him. And he also, while he is a high point in it, he also seems very aware of what he's in. Mm -hmm. And he's playing to that. Mm -hmm. The worst part of this film is the editing. If the editing was not complete dog shit, it could be a serviceable film. It's mm -hmm. okay. But the editing definitely brings it down a notch. I will say, the best monster in this movie, and I think it is an improvement on the first film, is the liquor. Sure. The CGI is a little bit better, and I think that the set piece that they use the liquors in, I think it's in the church. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's awesome. I think that 
it's a decent set piece mm-hmm. and the way it's lit. Because in the first film, I think the creature's overlit because it's a very industrial yeah. area with like the overhead lights and stuff. In this, they're kind of bathed in shadows. And of course, you don't get to see much of it anyways because it's so poorly edited. And it seems like there are some segments where they may have used Puppet. Mm-hmm. I I don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't think this movie is terribly great. I wouldn't say it's the worst in the series. But it's not great. Melanie? For me, the high is her wardrobe. I think she looks badass in this film. Mm-hmm. She looks pretty badass in all of them. That we can get that out of the way. Yeah. Love the the top, and I love how she acquires her clothes because she starts off yeah. nude. She's yep. just in the the what like the lab surgeon coat or the she's in the surgeon drapery thing. Oh that yeah, yeah. She she falls off the table like in the an, first movie. An, and you an, see her vagina. I was really proud of us that we didn't talk about that shot when discussing the first film. It only sticks out to me Don't because... Don't say it only sticks out to hold me. Hold on, hold on. So in the commentary track, when I was in high school watching this, it's Michelle Rodriguez and Mila together doing the commentary, and she falls off the table, and Michelle Rodriguez goes, Oh, it's your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh she actually God. says that. Yeah, I love. Michelle so Rodriguez I just so like much. died laughing because they're just like talking about like how accidental does, how does, vagina. How does Mila react? She's, she just laughs. She's not married to Anderson <laughs> until what the third film? Yeah, the, yeah. I think she's still with the song at that point. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I love Michelle Rodriguez. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's why that always sticks out <laughs> in my mind because I thought it was funny that like just a incidental thing in the movie they're just like also, oh ha. most of the time whenever people are doing commentary they're not watching that closely that's kind of funny yeah because that's right at the end <laughs> hilarious <laughs> anyways okay so her wardrobe is definitely i think she looks badass in this my low is the editing too it, it really it's it's a thing with the action where I want to be excited about this film because I think there's some great set pieces. I think the church is awesome. A thing, the liquor is, I think the liquor does look better in this film than the first. It is not my choice of monster because it, it the editing around it is way too, I mean, you don't get to see it. Not that I need to see it prolonged because it's the type of thing it does work better in shadow where you're just seeing edges. But yeah, I just, you don't get enough of it for me. So my monster actually is Nemesis. Stars. I think it looks cool. I know that maybe... Big uh, rubber suit. Yeah, yes. I like it. Some people mm. might think it's dumb, but pretty good representation of that that character. I like it. Mm-hmm. This is my personal least favorite movie of the franchise. Everything you guys have talked about, and I've talked about it, in my notes, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So I agree with all that. Like The thing that really frustrates me, too, is what you said about you know the action in particular is like, I am all for this movie because it's just a straight up action film. I just yeah. I just don't care about it. Yeah. Going for those Escape from New York vibes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I I, I I get very frustrated when I watch this movie. So I've seen it I think three times in life and I, I each time I watch it I'm hoping like maybe maybe something different will happen, but it never never does. So it's probably the last time I'm ever going to watch it, if I'm being honest. But, but who knows? Maybe something will change. 
But uh... see, I do like watching. <laughs> I like watching these in sequence. I yep. think it's fun to watch mm-hmm. the progression, except for five to six. We'll sure. get into that. Absolutely. That's the that's maybe that does need some yeah. spacing. Sure. But uh, and I will just say. Uh, I don't have a lot different than what you guys said. Uh, you talk about Mila as your high. I will agree with that. I will say that you talk about her wardrobe, which this basically like just goes with it. Her hair is awesome in this. Her movie. hair in this one and in the next yeah. one. Well, her yeah. punk rock shade. Yeah. As we were watching it, like at the end of the first movie, she gets that haircut because mm-hmm. if I remember right, she pulls the plugs out of her head. Yeah, that's whenever she falls that off. And... Side shaved mm-hmm. and. I really like that that uh, they they kept that that punk rock hairstyle the whole time. Again, I, I'm I'm kind of with Melanie. The Nemesis monster at times can look pretty cool. So Mike has a lot of good a good interaction with him. I like that sequence whenever he's looking for threats and he's the only one standing there and he's like not a threat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some funny stuff. There yeah. is, it, mm-hmm. you know, there's good moments. Jared yeah. Harris is great, but yeah, yeah. So. For those of you that like this movie out there, I, I, you know, cool. I'm sorry we've ripped on it, but just, uh, just not one that I am very fond of. So next up, we have the third film in the franchise, Resident Evil Extinction, uh, Extinction, directed by Russell Mulcahy, Mulcahy, Mulcahy in 2007. Uh, from Letterbox, the Extinction is coming in caps, obviously. Years after the Raccoon City catastrophe, survivors travel across the Nevada desert, hoping to make it to Alaska. Alice joins the caravan in their fight against hordes of zombies and the evil Umbrella Corporation. So. There can uh, be only one. (laughs) Yes. Uh, In this film, we have, obviously, Mila as Alice. Uh, I've already forgot his name. Oded Fair. Fair. Oded Fair. Oded Fair. Carlos, uh, Allie Larder uh, joins on as Claire. Uh, don't forget Kmart. I don't know her name. Uh, but... Yeah, Kmart by, uh, is played by Spencer Locke. We need her, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we have Ashanti. How about that? Is Betty. I Another name that I'm going to mess up. But uh, we have Lane Glenn as Dr. Isaacs. Ian Glenn. Ian, Ian. Okay, I couldn't tell if that was an I or L on the letterbox name. From, from Glenn, Game of Thrones. From Game of Thrones as Dr. Isaacs. I was listening to someone talk about these movies like a, a couple days mm-hmm. ago. The way they pronounced his name, Anon or something. I couldn't focus on anything else in the video because every time they talked about Dr. Isaacs. Just, that is, just say the guy from Game of Thrones. Like, quit saying his name. That is, uh, that it is was, on par with, with some of my fuck-ups. Anon? So. <laughs> Anon. And on Glenn. There's only one in in that first I know, name. Right? It's not even till the end. <laughs> so, uh, Ian Glenn, Dr. Isaacs, he was also in the second movie, and I just didn't uh, didn't say his name. Which one? Isn't he in... Uh, no, I thought this was his first. Was I this think his this is his first. Okay, we can take that out. I'm sorry. Mike Epps returns as Mike LJ. Epps. How about that? Uh yeah, I think that's probably enough. Matthew Mardson is later. Okay. So, uh, I don't have a lot on written on this one, although I do like this movie a lot, but, you know, we'll talk about it. Uh, so many dead Alice clones. Uh, how about that? Post-apocalyptic wasteland, a desert dustland, Salt Lake City. Mike Epps is back with exclamation point. I was very excited about that. 
so many zombie birds trying to make it to Alaska, as I've already established, making a stop in Vegas first to try and get gas. Mike Epps is infected. The way you read and wrote that, it sounds like the birds are trying to make it to Alaska. So many zombie birds trying to make it to Alaska. <laughs> and they had to stop to Vegas. You know, maybe they are. <laughs> Uh, yes, Mike Epps is infected. He is in bad shape. Sick he ass. He doesn't tell anybody. No, he doesn't. Yeah. It's a bad choice by him. Would they have killed him? I don't know. They, no, it would have been the same outcome. Yeah, They're not going to kill him. Uh, sick ass action scene and set piece at the Vegas Desert Gas Venture. Love the way Mila's body moves, as I will talk about a lot from here on out. She's, I mean, she, Pervert. her move, her body, well, I'm, Okay. The way she moves in this entire series is she's she's an action star, and I think this movie solidifies that. Solidifies, yeah, is, absolutely, yeah. So I just wrote she's an absolute action star. So that's what I just said. The first film in the series to really utilize her, she shines and would only get better as the series moves forward. Carlos, weed and dynamite, the self sacrifice. Alice's blood is the cure. Doctor Isaacs has created mutations. Alice deserves her clones. Is that what it says? I think this. I'm sorry. Deserves her. Alice discovers her clones, but she deserves them too. Maybe she deserves them too. Alice versus mutated Doctor Isaacs. Alice outsmarts him with the help of a clone. So that's what I have so far for Resident Evil. Or, or not so far. That is what I had. <laughs> Stacy, your thoughts on Resident Evil Extinction? I thought this movie was okay. I didn't like it the very first time I watched it. I think I was turned off by how far away from the games it was and Superpower Alice. But on a rewatch and completely like, I made it my mission for going into the series to like take the films as they are and just separate it from the games. And I think this movie's pretty fun. I, for the best for me is the action scenes. And you cited the action scene at well, they're getting gas in yep. Vegas. So good. I think it's shot really well. Mm-hmm. It is a really cool scene. In fact, I think it's their best use of zombies. Yeah, it's 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 one of my personal favorite set pieces in the series. It's very frantic, and it it feels. I mean, it feels really claustrophobic, even though they're in an open space in the desert. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, it's it's great. It's well-paced. Mm-hmm. Something that I do wish that this series would do that other series, um, namely that come to mind right now, Fast and the Furious series, do with their characters as far as how they weave them in and out of the timeline, because the big thing in this movie is Jill goes away because she's one of the survivors. Right. She helps Alice at the end of two, mm-hmm. right? So, Jill's not in this movie. They explain it away with a line, though, right? Like, yeah, Jill's gone to do something, yeah. and then she comes back later. I could have used a scene with Jill, two or three minute scene of, you know, teasing something to come down the road. Best monsters, zombies, for me. I think it's the best use of zombies they in the really series. In this movie. I agree. And the makeup is really good. I think the worst is the tyrant fight scene at the end. Mm-hmm. With Ian Glenn being mutated. Mm, yeah. I think that fight scene's kind of dumb. And I didn't like it. And it's kind of a letdown after how good the action scene is in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like the... Sure. With the sniping like set piece. And like Mila just kicking zombie ass. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think this is a pretty solid film. I, I dig it. Melanie? I do like this film. I agree with both of you. It is kind of... It's jarring that the color palette is totally... 
different. And this is when, this is the first film where Alice has her superpowers, where she's officially super yeah. Alice. Yeah. Why is it all of a sudden post-apocalyptic? And why is it so dusty and sepia-toned? And watching it all the way through, it's just a lot of fun. It's yep. just a, it's a fun, it's solid. I think the action is great. The pacing of the film, it's very quick. There's, there's no chuffa, like there's no extra stuff that should be cut out. I think it's the perfect length for this type of film. Her, all of the wardrobes off, like it's so good. Her, Alice's wardrobe's cool. Ashanti, her wardrobe's really mm -hmm. cool. I know it's basically just like a black bra with like a bullet thing yeah. slung over her Bandolier. shoulder. Bandolier. Yeah, it looks yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm surprised at how much I like. Do you think that like Mulcahy's like, the visual design of this is kind of a callback to Razorback because, you know, Razorback's a very, like, dusty Australian Outback movie and this is a very, like, dusty, desolate, brown film. I, I don't know if specifically... I wouldn't say it's a callback specifically to Razorback, although I love Well, that. like, just visually, yeah, like, aesthetically I, the colors that he's playing with because... No, I mean, yeah, that's a fair point. This feels... It, it is just a very... This is... This is the point in the series where I'm just like, oh yeah, that's the dusty one mm -hmm. before like going through. That's how I would categorize it. Allie Lauder, great addition to the series. Can I just say that uh had a huge crush on her, still do. Oh, yeah. Final Destination, I was yeah. there. Like uh, part two, she's the star of Final Destination Two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Clara Redfield. So Yeah. yeah. I, I I enjoy her a lot from this point on when we uh, get her in the films. As far as my high, I I mean, again, it's just kind of generic, but I'm going to say just the action. I think the action mm -hmm. and the pacing are so well done. Love the wardrobe. Mila's outfit in this, again, she always looks pretty cool. I Even the first film, I we didn't really talk about it, but the, mm -hmm. you know, red dress yeah. with the slit and, like, the hot pants. Yep. Like, it's cool. It mm -hmm. looks cool. And visually, against all those, you know, the blues and the greens and those harsh fluorescent mm -hmm. office lighting, it looks great. But in this, we have, I mean, it's very, it's post-apocalyptic, but I like the weird, like, garters mm -hmm. on her stockings that yeah. go up to her, her hot pants. I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah, I think this, she looks super badass. I would, I'm with you. I, I would say these first three movies are, like, her high point as yeah, far as, like, how it, she looks. Yeah, because we move into, and she looks still just total badass, yeah, but she... Just, Costume in general. Yeah, because her costume becomes mm -hmm. more generic. It's kind of just a black leather yeah. onesie. Mm -hmm. I, and honestly, that's the thing is the creatures. You had zombies, which is... I, I didn't really think about that. That is a good point. They look great in this. I like the addition of the birds. I think it's weird. I like the crows, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't mm -hmm. say that they look particularly cool, right. but I it's a very stressful thing. You know? they, just to add something a little different in there. Yeah, and yep. that's the thing in, in video games they do a lot where having had just played the uh, uh, Gears of War games, there's like those flying creatures that you have to like get into light to stay away from that'll attack the shit out of you. It felt very reminiscent of that type mm -hmm. of thing. I like that bus set piece. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, with Mila's look, she's also got like those new weapons, the knives. Oh, the, the knives are cool. Oh, yeah. The Kukuri. Knives yeah. is what they call those. It's like the curved long knives. Yeah, it yeah. looks awesome. Those are really sweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The double knives. She looks badass. Yeah. She, and again, 
this does solidify her as an action star because she's great in yeah. Fifth Element. She's great in one and two, even if you yeah. don't like two that much. Sure. She is still awesome yeah. and badass she's in still it. still her. But this, mm -hmm. it does, I mean, she's in full action mode. And it just ramps up as yeah. we go along. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll just say real quick, I, I really like this movie. Uh, this is my personal, uh, probably third favorite in the series. Uh, I I think it's a really good movie. And I think that uh, Russell Mulcahy, I know that he is somewhat of a beloved figure uh, mm -hmm. amongst people out there, and and I think he does a great job with this movie, and uh, I think he directs the hell out of it. Oh, did fair. I'm just telling you, I know that there's a big resurgence love for Brendan Fraser and The Mummy. Mm -hmm. I feel like he does not get enough love in that resurgence because he is so attractive. He, I'm just saying, I love Brendan Fraser, all on board for that, but... Whenever I was watching The Mummy, that is who I was watching. Mm, like that. So, mm -hmm. just want to bring that back. He is a very pretty man. I think it's yeah. interesting that they took, like, one of the least utilized characters Carlos. in Resident Evil <laughs> fandom and, like, made him kind of, like... I mean, he's only in these two movies, but he's such a big part in them. Oh, and I would say he's definitely... Because uh, combing through just different things for the in preparation for this... Like I, because I really wanted to get a sense of what what other people felt about these films in comparison. If they played the games, if they liked the films, if they liked the films, if they play the games, all of that. He is a fan favorite. People now, really do love Carlos in the films. Can I ask? Is with I'm not a very knowledgeable scholar on the games. What is what games is he in? Or so he Carlos. is. He is only in Resident Evil Three. Okay, which and is they they do this kind of uh, somewhat flirtation with between him and Jill. Okay, okay, and they they kind of do that in, but they substitute Jill for Alice. Okay, interesting. It's a good utilization of a character from the video game because later on, they really just use those characters like it's basically cosplay mm -hmm. and shorthand for having to write. We are ready to move on to the fourth film in the franchise. And this is a return for Paul W.S. Paul W.S. Anderson returns after uh, skipping the last two films. He returns as director in Resident Evil Afterlife. This is directed in 2010 by W.S. Anderson. She's back and she's bringing a few of her friends in caps. In a world ravaged by a virus infection, turning its victims into the undead. Alice continues on her journey to find survivors and lead them to safety. Her deadly battle with the Umbrella Co Corporation reaches new heights, but Alice gets some unexpected help from an old friend. A new lead that promises a safe haven from the, from the undead takes them to Los Angeles. But when they arrive, the city is overrun by thousands of undead, and Alice and her comrades are about to step into a deadly trap. That's quite wordy. All right, in this one we have Mila's Alice. Wentworth Miller as Chris Redfield, Allie Larder as Claire, Kim Coates as Bennett, Casey Clark as Crystal, Sean Roberts as Albert Wesker, Sergio Paris Manchetta as Angel, Boris Kojo, Kajo as Luther, Spencer Locke obviously as Kmart, <laughs> Sienna Gilroy as Jill Valentine. Uh, I think that. Does it. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a 
for these next two films. These are my personal two favorites of the franchise, so I have a little more written. So, here we go. Umbrellas and Zombies, what an opening. Four years after the third film takes place, rhythmically astute, electronic score, bodies moving to the rhythm of the beat, Mila and God action star mode, Baby Be Mine, that is me personally talking about Mila, when the action film becomes the musical, classic formalist W.S. Anderson in full-on beast mode, slow motion, hallways, elevators, tech positive, uh, God's eye view, point of view shots, digital canvas splashed with cartoony over-the-top action, compositionally sublime for me. Love the opening sequence. Mila rules my world. Uh, <laughs> I had to mark this out. I said, K Kmart is back, bitches. Wait, I shit-pissed it. Okay, she's not back. Allie is back, bitches. That was the name I was looking for. Uh, Arcadia, remember? Shit fell apart. Alice finds a weird spider uh, medallion thing on Allie. Or, I call her Allie. It's um, Claire. Claire. Thank you. I decided to write her real name, I guess. Takes it off her and may cause some type of memory loss. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I wrote actual people's names. Luther West, uh, Desperado. He got the strength to pull planes down. Jumpman Tank, basketball star. Arcadia and a town, <laughs> it's a ship. I find myself quick, uh, I'm sorry, I find myself quite taken by Claire. Uh, Alice, uh, just gave Luther a look of, I want to jump man, jump man on that sweet honey dick. Old man looking at porn mag, the definition of a, <laughs> of a monotonous relationship. Monotonous? Mo See, that's another, I did it again. I can't even read words. Whew. What is it? Old man trying to sneak a peek at Alice. Taking a shower, he wanted something more. He got less and is taken by a mutated zombie. Underwater zombie lurkers. A weapon cache upgrades, y'all. Okay. Uh, Angel bites it, takes a bullet from Hollywood Executive Man. Alice zombie bomb. Alice action scene, crushing it. Mila's body moves in sync with the music. Such an incredible action star. Alice and... Uh, Claire versus Big Monster in the shower. Mm. Love this scene. They take him down. You say that in a way to make it sound a little sexual. I mean, it, it's possible. Okay. I don't know what's not sexual about it. We'll mm -hmm. continue. Uh, they take him down. Uh, Claire does uh, the lion's share of the work here. Alice finishes him off, blowing his head off. Um, and everyone uh, gets relief. What are we doing here? I'm sorry that that's what happened. You described just porn. And that's what I was watching. Yeah. What What did you say right after that? I, I, I didn't write anything. I'm just... Continue. Luther gets taken by zombie Lurcher. Uh, Claire remembers now that Umbrella uh, put the spider jewel necklace thing on her. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to probably lose some people here, but this is me being me. W.S. Anderson doing his best Fulci impersonation here. Oh my god, Nolan. Where <laughs> the action and the use of slow building, slow motion to amplify uh, the tension. So there is my Fulci take. I had to get it in. It wouldn't be me without it. Kmart is back, bitches. For real. <laughs> Anderson brings back that Event Horizon flair. Having Alice get, uh, gets, or I'm sorry, having Alice gets violent, bloody flashbacks of what happened 
on the Arcadia. Uh, Bennett, Hollywood exec, he has that Wesker team up we all have been begging for. T-Virus Bennett, Matrix Wesker, y'all. Kmart comes through, Wesker bites it, Bennett too. Luther survives. I was very excited because I have an exclamation point. Umbrella surrounds the Arcadia. Perfect Circle remix over credits. Stacy, your thoughts on Resident Evil Afterlife. I thought this one was a disappointment. The best part of it, which you cited, the music. I think the music is superb. I really enjoy the intro, like with the credits and the girl walking in the rain with the umbrella. That's the logo for Umbrella. And all that stuff's really cool, like showing the outbreak in Japan. I like that. Very good. I feel like this film, that intro, a ton of Alice's storming like the headquarters of Wesker and like killing all those dudes. And then it just it gets small. The movie didn't get any bigger than that. That was the biggest part of the movie. And that was disappointing to me that it just went back into the mode of, well, here's some survivors. I guess there's some zombies. I guess we gotta, we gotta leave. And it, it just felt like it was just spinning its wheels for me. Sure. I was disappointed in that aspect. I, it went really big at first. I wanted it to stay big, but it didn't. Best monster for me, Hammer Guy. Mm. Hammer guy in the shower, mm. Mm. all that pornography that you were talking about. Damn right. He looked good. Yeah. I dug it. I like that action scene. Okay. But overall, this is a disappointing entry for me. Okay. Melanie, are you this ready to my... speak some gospel? Yeah, this is my second favorite in the series. I love this film. Oh, okay. So at the beginning, I, I misremembered something. So I said that I hadn't seen this. I, this is the one that it came out when I still worked at the theater. So I, this was the first digital film that I ever uh, built in projection. So, oh, okay. so this is what I actually trained on. I totally Very forgot cool. until we started talking about the intro, which the intro of this film, it's kick-ass. It's yeah. so good. It's, the music's great. And I think just, it's, it's stunning visually. And it's a really cool for something that at this point did already, I've had zombie fatigue for over a decade. Mm. I'm I'm tired of it, but as much as I enjoy these films and I love the games, it's a really cool zombie moment, though. The outbreak in Japan, it's really cool. Anyways, so the first time I I went to play this film, so it was my first build-up, the projector failed. Giant machine, tiny little computer on the back of it. And so I remember watching the intro and I was just like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I was waiting to like through the porthole of the projection booth and all of a sudden everything just went down. Like it was like it had that line of like old school TVs where you'd shut them off and the line just went boop. I was like, what happened? And luckily there's no one in the theater because it was a really early morning showing and Mm -hmm. that film didn't do too hot in theaters, at least at our theater. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, that was my first introduction to that. I thought I saw the intro and then the rest of the film shut off. (laughs) But I ended up watching most of this film in projection because I was babysitting Mm -hmm. the digital digital projector all day. My high for this is... Okay, it probably is the opening scene, but I actually think a lot of the action in this film... Truly, it's just the action. I think Mm -hmm. it's so much fun. I think the editing in this one's really good. Uh, it's not as good as the next one, which will, mm-hmm. that's going to be like a love song, I think, from all of us. But 
in my head, my favorite part is the montage that happened off screen mm. of Alice just making over Claire whenever she picks her up. <laughs> because <laughs> we pick up Claire and she's dusty, muddy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, the girl's been through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Alice gets her in the, the plane and she's like got some like, yeah. you can tell she's like, her hair mm-hmm. is like blown out a little bit. Yeah. She's got a little bit of highlighter on. She's looking fresh. There's, there is, I have to say, even though it's something that I would like to see, I'm speaking in the film's language, I feel like there's some definite sexual tension between oh, Alice and Claire in these movies. We can talk a little queer theory if you want. Mm-hmm. There is some sexual tension between, there at least, I wouldn't even know if it's, I don't know if it's tension or if it's just raw just chemistry. A, I feel it. Words. I'm sorry. It's, I, I, I think we were all saying just kiss already while watching. Yeah. I, the movies. two of them, whenever mm-hmm. Alice is just like being a badass and Claire like looks at her and she's just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Even though she does, I think that Claire has a very, she's probably just been alone for too long. She's kind of looking at everybody mm-hmm. with bedroom eyes to an extent. That's true. Yep. She, she looks people up and down a lot in this. Yeah. I think the only person she doesn't do that to is, uh, Bennett, discount mm. Satan. Which I don't blame her. I mean, <laughs> which is that's funny. a last resort because her brother's in this movie, Chris. Well, yeah, but she does. It's <laughs> kind of like, like she gives Wentworth Miller a yeah. look see too, and she's I not know, wrong. I know that's her brother, but blood. Hope this is not Chris's blood. I'm just saying, <laughs> the executioner is my monster as well. It's my top mm-hmm. for sure. I think it's great. Low, I mean, I, there's nothing that I really, I agree with you to an extent that I, I think the, the opening of this film is so killer and I think it loses that momentum a little bit, but I still, it, it's not like it drops off completely for me. I think the action's great, so I'm still engaged, but I, it does feel like it's going to be a very, and I think that that's something that this film kind of inherited from, even though his continuity is not the best from film to film, since we went from extinction into this, it's kind of, he's already set that the world's dead. So mm-hmm. it's like, it makes sense that sure. they are sectioned mm-hmm. off to this building and that we're kind of just stuck there once the girls arrive in the plane. Uh, so I can't say that it disappointed me, but it, it is weird that that intro feels so big. And then mm-hmm. we're kind of just in this, Building and then on this boat, and yeah. that's it. Sure, but yeah. So overall, I love this film. Very cool. Uh, I will uh, agree with most everything you said. I also love this film. I will say that uh, I watched this film for the first time probably I don't know five years ago or so. So I had I had seen the the first three actually. Uh, I think I may have saw the third one in theaters. No, you, we watched that at your house. My house. Okay. I'm glad you remembered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had seen the third one before. The fourth, the fourth on, I had I had never seen. So about five years years ago, I decided uh, I I'd heard good things about the fourth and fifth movies. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna see what these are about. And I absolutely fell in love with this movie. And uh, it is my second favorite in the franchise. And again, I, like I said earlier in the in the uh, the pod here, this was kind of the moment I really fell for W.S. Anderson and he kind of just clicked with me. So, uh, yeah, 
I I really and even when I rewatch this, just like rhythmically how he he uses music and editing, it just really takes. I've taken by it. What can I say? Mm-hmm. He uses Mila as the action star she is, but in in most like great action movies, uses her uh, as as you could see uh, a musical star being used, and uh, I think that's a great comparison. I don't have a low uh, for me. <laughs> Nothing in this film. No, this is a great movie. Perfect I mean, film. There's I. We're not gonna get into that. Not a perfect think movie, we've, but we've a movie. We've talked about lesser films uh, a movie, where we yes, didn't have absolutely. lows. <laughs> there are anyone can pick a low in this, but for me, there is not one. I'll just. I like the movie a lot. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, the high point is the uh, we've agreed on all a lot of these it seems, but the the shower scene um, is my high, even though the opening is opening is killer, fantastic. Uh, but the shower scene, I it just for me like showcases that that use of of rhythm and music. So and, and the way he edits edits the music's uh, great, and that mo- yeah. I mean the executioner is yeah we'll see them. Yeah, absolutely. Again, but yeah. it is very cool. And seeing this big thing and these two smaller females just kick its ass is pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Um, I also just love uh, the uh, movie executive, you know, Bennett. He, obviously, he's been in other stuff. Kim Coates? Yeah, Kim Coates mm-hmm. has been in plenty of stuff. In this, in his outfit in this, so he's wearing all black. He's very skeezy. In my mind, if I was at like a Seven Eleven at two in the morning and I did a ritual to summon Satan, that's who I get. Yeah, like, you know he is discount Satan. That's like always saves. Here Satan. is something that uh, probably really dumb. I'm going to say, but his, his villainous character reminds me <laughs> of like a cartoony villain who has the mustache and they like <laughs> pull their yeah or twist them whatever. <laughs> Maybe I just have a thing for guys named Bennett. Villains named Bennett in particular. Mm-hmm. Wearing my commando shirt that no. Nolan got me for I got, Christmas. At I got Nolan moment. a very cool commando shirt for Christmas. <laughs> so it has John Matrix on it. Yeah. I looked high and low and I almost made him a special custom Bennett shirt because <laughs> Bennett's really the character that speaks to him. Yeah, it's true. So it's really true. my idea was to give Stacy a John Matrix and Nolan a Bennett so that yeah. they could wear them out and about. Right. Feeding a deer, getting ice cream together. Right, exactly. Whatever you gotta do. And so I got a Cobra shirt. Next up, we have the fifth film in the Resident Evil franchise. W.S. Anderson is back again, and this would be Resident Evil Retribution from 2012. The Umbrella Corporation's deadly T-Virus continues to ravage the Earth. <laughs> Are you okay? No. What's wrong? I think I got upset because I have to read this whole I'm thing. Sorry. <laughs> So real talk, Nolan has had to read the synopsis three times. <laughs> All right, here we go. The ultimate battle begins. The Umbrella Corporation's deadly T-virus continues to ravage the Earth, transforming the global population into legions of the flesh-eating undead. The human race is last and only hope. Alice awakens in the heart of Umbrella's most clandestine operations. I'm sure I said that wrong. Facility... And unveils more of her mysterious past as she delves further into the complex. Without a safe haven, Alice continues to hunt those responsible for the outbreak. A chase that takes her from Tokyo to New York, Washington, D.C., and Moscow. 
culminating in a mind-blowing revelation that will force her to rethink everything that she once thought to be true. Aided by newfound allies and familiar friends, Alice must fight to survive long enough to escape a hostile world on the brink of oblivion. The countdown has begun. All right. In Resident Evil Retribution, we have Mila back as Alice. We have Sienna Gilroy as Jill Valentine. Michelle Rodriguez, what, what, back as Rain. <laughs> Ariana Engineer as Becky. We have Lee Bing Bing Bing. Wait, what, what did you just say? It's B I N G B I N G. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. I, it's just funny because you laughed immediately after saying well, it's, the it's name. A, Lee Bing Bing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll say it again, okay? Uh, Lee Bing Bing as Ada Wong. Boris Cod. Uh, Kajo as Luther West, Kevin Durand as Barry Burton, and Johan Erb as Leon. And I think that, I guess, Odin Fair is back as Todd slash Carlos. Why does he have two names in this? Because he is role-playing her husband. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is okay. it, um... And, and Colin Salmon is back as James One Shade. And also, we have a new Wesker, right? Right. As uh, Sean Roberts plays Albert no, Wesker. No, he was Wesker in the last was one. Was he in the last one? I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. No, no, no. Was but the one in three different than yes, the one in that, four and I five? meant to say that when we were talking about the last one. I think he's a great addition. I think yeah. he is a much he's better a good Wesker. Wesker. Yeah. I really like him. Okay, so that's my bad. Sean Roberts is, uh, yeah, he's Wesker in the fourth and fifth and, mm -hmm. and sixth installments, I guess. Okay, yes. so let's do this. Resident Evil Retribution. Reshaped, reversed, corked and screwed, a technological Resident Evil rehash, Mila uh, in Taylor Swift mom mode, as we talked about. Well, you won't hear this, so this is real for everybody. Uh, this was like pre-red Taylor look. She, uh, yeah, looking looking like that. With We got a zombie attack breakfast. Snyder's Dawn mixed with Wright's Shaun of the Dead suburb scene. Which you could do a side-by-side. -side. Absolutely. It is definitely inspired. It definitely is. Michelle's back, baby dolls. I'll say that again later. Hallway lasers back, a staple. Dance hall action scene, Mila, in God action star mode. Mowing down zombies. White hallway. Mila in all black gear. Uh, she's a queen. Ada Wong, wearing the Alice Red from the first film. The Red Queen Returns. Double paw pounders. They really have an axe to grind. I really love, quote unquote, the boys. Basic bitches take the fall for umbrella. Yes. When you said double paw pounders, yeah, you mean the executioner from four, That's right? right? I called him paw pounders. No, no, I got that. Just I don't know if anybody else would get no that. No one else would. No one has to know. <laughs> I'm mostly ridiculous. You all are probably lucky to not know me. All right. Double Bump Pounders, they really have an axe to grind. I really love the boys. Basic bitches take the fall for Umbrella. Wait, no, you have to stop again. Nolan, I'm sorry. If this was an 80s trailer for this film, <laughs> the voiceover would say, they really have an axe to grind. Yeah, really like that, grind. You, yeah. you were born in the wrong era. Yeah, that's true. So... The boys, yeah. You mean Leon and Barry? There's like, like four, that team up? four or five of them. Yeah, but those are like the ones from the games that people recognize. I don't know. Whatever their team up is in this, that's what I call the boys. Like the four or five. Yeah, there's games. there's a whole section of they're mm -hmm. the boys. I they're all with right. each other the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's Which, that's the boys. Leon looks 
He looks pretty good. In this oh, film. the cosplay in this film's good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Michelle, back again, baby dolls. So that's twice for her. How about that? So Matrix and Aliens Prestige. One of quote unquote the boys gets chainsawed. Quote unquote the boys team up with Alice. <laughs> I am going to say quote unquote the boys every time. I've already forgot this man's name. Give me uh, Barry. Okay. You saved me. Yeah. That was close. Thanks, Barry. Don't mention it. What a monster. I can't believe. What the hell is this place anyway? Barry and Leon action hunks. Uh, Barry's moment. Platoon slash Tropic Thunder. Good stuff. Waterworks. <laughs> great job, team. Snow fight. Love that shit. The ladies kicking ass. Michelle bites it, sadly. Again, underwater zombie death. Wesker gives Alice back her powers, uh, plunges the T-virus needle back into her. The end is near. The end is now. Your thoughts on Resident Evil Retribution. This is a good film. I had no expectations for these films. I found this to be highly enjoyable. I think that Anderson's direction is some of the best I've seen, like, out of his filmography, this film is probably the tightest. Mm -hmm. I wish that this version of him made Mortal Kombat, and I love Mortal Kombat, but mm -hmm. this is a more visually competent film. He's, he is working at the height of his powers in this film, and it's so good that it's baffling how bad the next film is. Yeah. Spoiler. But, um... Yeah, I, I like this film. For me, the best is just the entire structure. I, I feel like a problem with a lot of his films is that he is a garbage writer. A lot of his movies are too heavy on story when they don't need to be. Mm -hmm. Or like sometimes they'll like try to explain too much when it's like, you don't need that. Just, this is an action film. Just do your thing, man. And I feel like this movie does that. It's just Mila trying to get from point A to point B. There's a bunch of cosplay dudes from the video games that, like, they don't need characterization. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I, I played Resident Evil 4. I know what Leon looks like. Oh, Barry. I, I know what Barry looks like. Ada's in it? Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And it's just Mila getting from point A to point B with very slick action. I dig it. I, I think this film's great. I think the ending shot of this is so good and promising. For my worst on this Read film, it. the intro, which is the attack on the Arcadia, because he does it backwards. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but it's like shot in reverse slow motion. Well, the credits, it's all backwards, and then we see it play out. Yeah, and it's like, I, eh, I don't need that. Like, just... Just do it the once, you know, just watching it backwards and then have it play out like, eh, well, okay. It's not, it's not as tight as the opening for number four, as far as visually and stylistic. I understand your annoyance. I will say I, it worked for me, but I understand. Yeah, I don't like this intro, but I love the rest of the movie for best monster because they're technically monster antagonists. Mm -hmm. I've got the lovely ladies, Jill and Michelle. Mm. Nice. Mm -hmm. 
the lovely ladies. But yeah, mind them, control. them, them on the ice. Yeah, they got the mind control thing going on. I would let them control my mind for sure. Yeah, you want to pull off a, a mind control boob spider off a of Jill? Uh, yep, yep, or not? Maybe I leave it. I don't know. Yeah, but just I would, I would just like to be there for her. You know. Yeah. yeah, I think that they make for good antagonists. I think the, the fight scene on the ice at the end is pretty fun. I think all the action sequences in this movie are fun. I think double paw pounders, as you called them, the Axemen, the, the executioners. executioners, I think that they look really cool in this movie. Yep. The the zombies. It, there's a lot of, like, homage to, you know, Resident Evil, like, 4 and 5, like, the type of action that's found in those games. Which is interesting because I think the action in those games are like slightly influenced by these films. I think how successful they are worldwide. It's undeniable as much as a lot of people want to bitch about the films compared to the original, you know, IP. These films do inform part of the series as it moved on in the games. Which, you know, the first movie predates Resident Evil 4. Mm -hmm. But like by the time you get to Resident Evil 6... It is like a Michael Bay movie with zombies. Mm -hmm. Like it's just insane action set piece. Yep. But yeah, I I really dig this movie. This was a pleasant surprise. I would say it's the best in the series. Very cool, Melanie. This is also my favorite in the series. Intro works for me. I think the intro is it's it in. Especially we were watching these kind of in sequence, so we watched them very close together. I think that we watched uh. Three and four together, and then we watched five and six together. The better move might be why don't you go four and five together? Because that's a really good pairing, I feel. Watching five and six back to back is kind of a rough experience. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you if you like six more, maybe that's not the case for you, but for me it was very jarring. Overall, love this movie. I think it starts with a a bang and it just keeps going. You kind of get a greatest hits from all the best moments in the franchise leading up to this point in this. You know, they're running through this. It's is it another facility, really? So it's a um, it's a facility that they made where it's got like these biospheres. It's these test where, fields. Yeah. The, so what they're doing is they're running simulations with clones to so try to figure out how to contain the T virus. It's a callback to three with all the the Mila clone, the Alice clones. Yeah. Like, so it's all these clones that they're they're playing out these scenarios with. So we see the intro to four again, essentially, well, and she fights the girl who starts the outbreak. It has the suggestion that every employee of Umbrella has been cloned. It punches out at the beginning, and it just keeps going. There is no. Mm -hmm. No point in this that kind of you get a moment to breathe. Like, it's just balls to the wall action the whole time. And it's so much fun. And it looks so good. It's so tight. The pacing is phenomenal. The action is definitely the best of the series. It's so much fun. Neil mm -hmm. is, like, out of control. Like, she, again, the way he shoots her. And it's, like, obviously he's into his wife. But he, he just she's such a badass and i yeah. i can't stress that enough that like while she is a gorgeous woman she is an action star my only issue with this film to get into my high and low all of a sudden michelle rodriguez is back rain's mm -hmm. back this is it this is my number one then she dies again 
So that for me is the high is Michelle is back mm-hmm. with everything, with the action, with the editing, everything we talked about. But Michelle is back. It's awesome. I really just, I wish almost that this had a spinoff and that Michelle's character, that wow. would have been really fun. I'm in. I feel like the closest we got to Michelle Rodriguez really having her own vehicle is a machete. But again, machete is mm. the main sure. star. She's a badass in that too, but she's not the the main protagonist of that film. I just want Michelle Rodriguez to have her own action vehicle. She is great as Letty. And that's another thing in Fast and the Furious. When I knew that the Letty character died, I was like, I'm done with that series. Then she's back. And she's better than ever. That's right. But... <laughs> The best movie, <laughs> best movie in the franchise. She's not in. Fair point. Well, also for this film, no Kmart. You know, Kmart. She gets blown away. I guess in the Arcadia, and we never see her again. Mm-hmm. My high, Michelle back. My low, Michelle gone. Best monster, double executioner. This film, for me, it is such a high. And that ending shot, as Stacy touched on, it should not work to have all these characters joined together, all standing up on the White House. It should not work, but it does. Nolan, your thoughts? Absolutely. This this is my favorite movie of the franchise. Uh, I will, in fact, say that this is one of my favorite action movies of the 2000s. This is up there for me with uh, anybody who knows me. Well, no, I'm not being, I'm not kidding here. This is up there with Transformers 3. I've seen it, I think, about three times now. And it's one that has actually, every time I watch it, uh, I, I like it a bit more, uh, and I loved it the first time I saw it. But it's it's one that I I think uh, grows in my estimation with each rewatch. I'm going to t- I'm going to read what I wrote. This was like four or five years ago when I first saw it, and my opinions really haven't changed that much. So maybe it's just easier to read this. Uh, best of the series. Anderson's action is operatic and moves to the beat of the music, which is displayed for the bodies being disposed. The Tokyo sequence is my favorite. The end fight or fights in the snow are pure bliss for me. Mila is acrobatic in combat, and her body moves like no other action star working today. Anderson is a pure stylist and one that is mostly ignored, including from myself. That was a major error in judgment on my part. Glad I fixed it. Wish more could and would get on his wavelength. I think a lot of people in general are not fans of W.S. Anderson. For me, I one of the reasons I am like really pumped that we did this series is uh, I could I'm first off I'm glad you guys like watched more of his movies and found some things to like and for me I'm glad that I could talk about somebody that I quite adore that I haven't really got to cuz we've talked about some of his older movies but I like some of his newer movies a little more. I just I just think this is like just just a great action movie. I the one of the reasons I really like the opening is what he's doing with the film. So uh, that opening, you know, everything is shot in reverse and it does that. Throughout the movie, we would go back to scenes that we've seen in the previous movies. So I, I think he does a really good job with that. Um, and uh, that it's it's a movie I really like. And just his compositions, his editing, and everything I've kind of said about four, I think it's even a better level in the fifth one. And yeah, it's it's just a great action movie. And I, if you haven't seen it, I would suggest watching all of them. But especially this fifth one, I, I like you should watch this movie. It's it's a great action film, and I think that you would be surprised if you're someone who has kind of ignored W. S. Anderson or just not had the time for him. 
I think if you're someone listening to this that hasn't watched these films or you kind of look down on them, honestly, I think watching the fourth and the fifth is a really, that would be a fun double yeah. feature just for an afternoon. You have a Sunday, you're not yeah, doing anything. For sure. So, uh, I will just say uh, my high of this film, I, I my favorite is the is the fight in the snow. I, I love, like Melanie, I, I really love the uh, the fight in the, the street with the uh, the two axe guys, but uh, the in fight in the snow is is where I find my hits my my high point here. So it's really good. And my favorite my favorite monsters are the the axe boys. You know the double ball pounders. I have no no low point for this movie. I, those are they are two action movies that I quite uh, quite am taken by. Just because you're not the best Paul Anderson doesn't mean you're a bad Paul Anderson. That's right. Listen, AVP did a lot of people dirty. You know what? A lot of bad feelings. Wait, real quick, since we haven't discussed it, I would like to discuss it. Mm-hmm. I had not... So, Alien vs. Predator, I I didn't watch those films until preparation for this. So, I had never seen AVP. I'd seen clips here and there. I hadn't watched it because I love Predator. I love the Alien. I love all of it. I love the third and Resurrection. So, I love those films. I just was like, eh, I'm not interested. I've heard terrible things. Watching... AVP and Requiem back to back. AVP is not a bad film. There is some stupid stuff that does a disservice to the fandoms of both fandoms. I understand that. But the last 45 minutes to an hour of that film where the females just partnering up with the Predator is badass. It's really fun. I like that film. I I have a lot of fun with that. It's one where I think if you just kind of turn your brain off, you can have a good time with it. Yeah. Like, I, I I don't mind that movie. I Requiem, Requiem is, is trash. It's pretty rough. I agree with you. anybody that complains about AVP. Watch watch them in reverse. Watch Requiem, and then I think you're gonna love AVP. You're comparing like a solid smelly shit to just like a wet butt blast of just caked toilet. I don't know why we had to make it. It doesn't need to be bathroom talk. But all I'm saying <laughs> is AVP. I had a lot of fun with it. I really did, and I was so surprised. Because for the longest time, people have talked about that film like it is absolute just dog shit. It's not. I agree. I think there is something, there There are stupid parts for sure, and it is fun. It is a fun film. Sorry, we can go on to the six. <laughs> I just... no, I'm glad you brought it up, because, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, for what actually, it is, I, I don't... When I'm watching it, because I actually rewatched both of AVP films mm-hmm. uh, a few months back, and it is, it is entertaining. I, the second movie is just, I wanted to turn it off within Ugh. 30 minutes. I it's didn't. terrible. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying AVP is, is any sort of uh, masterpiece here, but it's at least, uh, I find myself entertained. I think once the, the pair-up happens, I'm on board. Like, I, I think it's pretty cool. I yeah. like it. I like that he gives her the little scar, because that's stuff from the comics, so I'm, I'm down with this. But uh, something else really quick, I know, because we're going to finish up with this last film. I do want to talk about, because it's a film we didn't talk about of his, the Musketeers film that he did. Mm, yes. So what's the title of that one? Three Musketeers. Just Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers? Yep. Okay. I am very sad that he didn't get to do a trilogy, because I would have been full on... Fully on board with that. I thought it was very fun. It's his most expensive looking. I don't really know if that's as high as budget, but it seems like it feels like his most expensive. Cast is phenomenal. The one thing, and while I really 
love Logan Learman. Kind of wish sure. we had someone else. Like, I think Donald yeah, Glover would have been amazing in that role. He was definitely a little miscast in that movie. And I will say, in my opinion, Three Musketeers is one of his best movies that he's directed. I, I, lo- I think like, it's a very Mila good movie. Mila is yeah. hot as hell. She's awesome. Orlando Bloom's great. Mads Mikkelsen's wonderful. That whole cast. Mm-hmm. It's so good. The one thing, it just... Logan yeah. Learman, a little miscast for me. I'm with you. But I, I really like that film. I enjoy it. I'm, I am a, again, I'm so surprised that I'm a big uh, Paul W.S. Anderson fan now, but I am. Hey, I, I'm pumped, Melanie, <laughs> you know, and to be honest, you know, Stacey, I, I know you're not quite as high in him as us, but you, I am, I'm happy you found some things to like yeah. with him and you, you're a pretty good fan of, of Retribution, which yeah. I'm pumped because that is my, you know, my favorite and I'm, I was really Really pumped that you guys like it. It's always nice when other people like things you like. So. I like that we're kind of doing a summary right now, and kind of it feels like the closing of the episode. <laughs> it's because Resident Evil <laughs> the next yep. is just trash. The final chapter, yep. you know, and I don't know if the final chapter of any series. It's definitely a mixed bag of what you get. So yep. okay, should it. we go ahead and close out this with this? Uh, uh, if you guys are ready, I am ready. Prepared. All right. Let's do Resident Evil, the final chapter. Here we go. The sixth and final Resident Evil film, Resident Evil, the final chapter, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. This came out in 2016. Back to the hive, all in caps. Picking up immediately after the events in Resident Evil Retribution. But not really. I feel that's a lie. Yeah. Alice is the only survivor of what was meant to be humanity's final stand against the undead. Now she must return to where the nightmare began, the hive in Raccoon City. I'm going to say it like they say it throughout the series. Raccoon, where the Umbrella Corporation is gathering its forces for a final strike against the only remaining survivors of the apocalypse. That was nice and short, at least. All right. So we have Mila as Alice. We have Ian Glenn returning as Dr. Isaacs. Only not, he is like in a different character. He's in we'll, a, we'll talk he, about it. Yeah, he's he's going through a lot. <laughs> Allie Larder as Claire. Sean Roberts as Albert Wesker. Eowyn, E-O-I-N. Eowyn, Eowyn, Mackin? What is it? I don't know. As Doc. Frazier James as Razor. Ruby Rose as Abigail. William Levy as Christian. Rolla as Cobalt. Probably, you know enough. I love Ruby, and I forgot yeah. she was in this. Even though I know she's in this, I've she, got notes. Doesn't but... she get killed by a fan? Yep. She is. Yep. It is great to see her in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's lovely. All right, here we go. And again, uh, I have you know I have a little bit of notes, but I will say just beforehand for anybody who loves this film, I apologize. Again, not one of my favorites, and I will say this is a movie I somewhat enjoyed on my first view. Minds and eyes change over time. T-virus history lesson. Dr. Isaacs, you son of a bitch. In your face, fa- <laughs> in your face, fast-cutting action, spatial inadequacies, jarring claustrophobic style. Alice gets captured by Dr. Isaacs. He's back. That Wesker, Dr. Isaacs reunion we all have been pining for. That's my second um, team up of... People that I'm sure we've all wanted so bad. Isaacs gets uh, gets his hand cut off by Alice. The action frustrates me greatly. 
All the editing and the handheld and framing perplexes my fragile brain. WS, I still love you, but this is your most frustrating film, in my humble opinion. Such a brown and yellow palette. Find it a bit boring when compared to the more playful colors of Anderson's other Resident Evil films. Claire is back at last, at least, so that's a positive. I still love you, Claire. Ruby Rose, hi girl. Dr. Isaacs got one-liners, y'all. Dr. Isaacs loves his religion, some type of religious cult thing going on. A giant fan tries to kill Alice, Claire, and pals. Ruby bites it, sadly. <laughs> Alice takes down a nasty brown monster thing, sharp claws and sharp teeth. How about that? Alice meets old-ass Alice. Alice is nothing but a clone. <laughs> Wesker gets fired by old Alice, loses a leg in the process. Hallway laser shenanigans, AWS Anderson staple, one of the few Andersonisms present in Resident Evil 6. Alice battles Dr. Isaacs. She finally wins, except, well, she doesn't. Two Dr. Isaacs, same face-off, or I'm sorry, some face-off shit. I'm him, I'm not me, or something to that effect. Religious Dr. Isaac kills Dr. Isaacs. Alice drops the antivirus and kills everything. Alice didn't die. She is maybe true or through of the T-virus. Immune? Um, maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll just say what you said. She's <laughs> immune of the T-virus. <laughs> that's not the word I wrote, but that's what I should have wrote. Uh, she saved the world. <laughs> Time for reconstruction. All right. Stacy. Uh, your thoughts on Resident so, Evil, the final chapter. You know when I said that Anderson's a really bad writer and a lot of the problems with his action movies is he overwrites them. This is a strong example of a very overwritten film. Mm -hmm. There is way too much stuff going on in this movie when I think that all three of us at the end of number five wanted to see an hour and a half of just White House lawn battles with zombies. When this yeah. film picked up, truly stunned, that one, it was dustier than the third, somehow. Right. Mm -hmm. And that she's just in a dilapidated White House. So, what the hell? Like, I like Ian Glenn as an actor. I didn't need to see him back. Give me full-on monsters. Or, like, do another, like, turn of, like, Wesker goes bad or something. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit about Dr. Isaacs. Something like, that we didn't talk about. I do like that whenever he's Tyrant mm -hmm. Dr. Isaacs. It is definitely a callback to the original Tyrant, sure. which is really cool because he's got like the claw thing mm -hmm. and right. the, he's got like not the heart on the outside, but it's like there's something nasty yeah. on his chest. That's really cool. Might I say the best part of this movie is the end credits. <laughs> I have the worst part of this, mm -hmm. the movie. Yeah. yeah. My best monster is a man named Doobie White. Okay. He was the editor on this film. You know what's sad, though? He edited Monster Hunter, and that's actually, it works better for that film. It, it, he did a adequate job on that movie. It's I don't think the final chapter would be a good movie if the garbage editing wasn't there. But the garbage editing makes it nigh unwatchable. You can't like, it is a anything. trash, trash movie, in my opinion. And it sucks because I wanted to like it because I was excited. Like, after watching Five, it's like, oh, this is what Nolan's talking about. Like, I want to mm -hmm. see, you know, what happens next. Things are going to get bigger. It's going to be cool. No, it, it's smaller. It feels like such a smaller film 
than the last film. It's just disappointing. The action, the staging, just everything about it. Even the characters you listed. It's mm-hmm. like Jill's bat or Claire. Claire. Like, Jill's I dead. Don't, I don't Jill's know. dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jill's everybody dead. died off screen. Leon's Mark. dead. Kmart's Kmart's mm-hmm. been dead. Been Nobody gives a shit about Kmart anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like this is, I I truly feel this is a garbage film. It it may be worse than AVP. Whenever we cut back, I was hoping that we would have a bunch of different tyrants storming up on all of our heroes, and I thought we were going to get a little bit more of good guy Wesker quote-unquote, mm-hmm. you know, trying to help the team. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to get some badass Leon moments because we didn't have that many. I was just expecting more overall, you know? I thought Ada would be back. I thought mm-hmm. Jill would be back. Mm-hmm. I thought we would get to see these characters as it is basic cosplay in these films, which is fine for what it is. I thought it was going to be so much fun. I, honestly, I was hoping that I would cut to just a shit ton of tyrants and hunters and just weird characters that Anderson mm-hmm. created. You wanted the last, like, the battle from Avengers Endgame. Absolutely. But Resident Evil cosplayers against monsters. That, oh, yeah. Instead, we got this shitty, choppy action where you can't see anything. It's, again, we're dipping into these browns and yellows. Mm-hmm. It's such a boring color palette. Mm-hmm. It's so done and tired. I hate it. The editing probably is the absolute low for me. That's not true. And this is going to sound harsh, but it is that this, this is his final installment. If he had just left it at the top of the White House, panning back from those characters, I would have been like, okay, fine. Like, if that was it. Yeah, at least that lasting image is like, we could have always talked about like, Oh, he would have done something so what cool. That sixth one would look like. Yeah, if got, got the chance. Yeah, like it would have been oh so cool. The fact that it exists is the low because this is such a bad installment for him to leave the series on, and I, I don't understand because he is the one they gave him money for this creative control. He was writing them. This is his choice. This is the film that he set out to make. Yeah, and my high, I think I wrote down like. Mila's still a badass because she is. But right. even that, you don't get to see her move in the way that yeah, you do the other films. I, I agree, yeah. Because the action shows so choppy and so yeah. close and frantic. It is, frantic is the word I would use to describe this. Yeah. The the editing is frantic. The action's frantic. I do not like it. I, You're fired I, up. Yeah. You well, want to slap him. We have obviously seen the talent he has. And so when, when you go from a movie like five into this and and he completely and and I look I understand it's it's editing but he also hired the editor it makes you a bit perturbed but I will say one thing that I think is pretty cool and I'm probably going to butcher the way this is mm-hmm. said but the pukumari yeah pukumu whatever it is the moth monster yeah uh, at it's, the beginning, it's a, that is a thing that you fight in uh, the fifth game it's cool to see another creature from the games pulled into this universe so here we go. This this is what I had to say in 2017. I watched this, um, I think, the, the month it came out. I was really pumped. I went in theaters to see it. I will say I had a blast watching it, I remember, at the time. Now, obviously, this rewatch didn't help that we watched it right after 5. But also, um, as we've talked about, and, and I think in general that's why it is always good to revisit things is because the eyes and mind change. 
Uh, Anderson's supposedly last installment of the Resident Evil universe is an entertaining thrill ride that the auteur put his stamp on nearly 15 years ago. Rich in composition and stylistic integrity, Anderson fil Anderson's film hits most of the right notes to a satisfying conclusion. Mila again shows off her athletic prowess as a one-woman show taking on zombie hordes, a flying dragon creature, and a few other new inventive monstrosities. My biggest disappointment in the film is the way Anderson decided to shoot the action. Unlike his last two films, he decided to shoot it more up close and personal, including many fast edits in the process. Where 4 and 5 excelled in spatial action, 6 finds itself more enclosed and claustrophobic. Have not put my finger on exactly why he chose to shoot this way, but while it doesn't completely work for me, I still find it better than uh, most Hollywood fare, considered the current climate. I had a blast watching this, and it was a pleasure to find Anderson add another piece to his oeuvre. So, in saying that, I read that because I'm a bit embarrassed. I'm really embarrassed to see you now. Just just leave me. Go, go quickly. Uh, because I feel in most ways completely opposite of what I just had to say. I still feel the same as in uh, what negative I had to say. Uh, the action is shit. And I think at the time I was trying to understand why he shot it that way. Now I'm just, I don't care because I, I don't find it, I don't find there to be a reason why. It just was lazy in approach, I think, overall, which bums me out because I think he's a very smart director and makes a lot of decisions uh, that are, uh, that are well thought out. And in this, it just, it's, it's not there. So uh, I find that highly disappointing as someone who loves W.S. Anderson. I think this is one of his worst movies. To comment on your review from yes. back then, just some Hollywood fare from that year. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming, Logan, Fate of the Furious, War of the Planet of the Apes, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Transformers Last Night, Thor Ragnarok, Kingsman 2. There's a there's no Resident Evil. A good amount of movies there that I would prefer over Resident Evil Six. You know, sometimes you deserve a ripping. The one thing I halfway like in this movie is this is probably sound cheesy, but for what it is, I I enjoy somewhat how they end Alice's character with the whole clone thing and the growing old. That could have worked. I understand. I, I like what he tried to do to wrap up the series also, that way. whenever you get to that section, the editing is different. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And the color, yeah. the palette's mm -hmm. different. It's somewhat interesting, sure. And But it just, getting to that point is... It's a meal to get it's there. It's really hard to get there. Yeah. And then also dealing with the Dr. Isaac stuff, it just... I have a, I, I really have a hard time with this movie, and, and it sucks because... I don't want to hate it, but rewatching it, I, I just, I really can't find a whole lot of, of good things to say about it. So, um, again, taste can change, and mine definitely did on this one. So, uh, this is, I think, one of the lesser movies in, in this franchise, sadly. And I think it's a vulnerable way to end. I, I think we all agree this is, well, you dislike two more than this. Obviously, number five is my favorite. I've got number four in second place, number three in third place, number one in fourth place, number six in fifth, and number two in the sixth spot. Five, four, three, 
one, two, six. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Retribution, number one. Resident Evil, number two. Resident Evil Extinction, number three. Resident Evil... Oh, man. Apocalypse and Afterlife are just kind of like a throw-up of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, you put them in any order. Final chapter. Dead last. Trash. Are we excited about the reboot that's coming? So Supposedly would, this year. I would just say, I personally am. Aren't they also doing a Netflix series or something? I'm not sure I th- about I that. I feel like there's another thing. But it's kind of funny that this has been, this has probably been something that we've talked about doing for three years. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. Where This we're... was the perfect time to do it. 25th anniversary of the original game. Mm-hmm. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. And. Well, uh, with that being said, uh, you guys have any departing words for uh, the Resident Evil uh, franchise, be it movies or video games? I have to pee again. Okay. Well, that's fair. I'm going to take that as a note. I will just say, uh, you know, this has been fun. Uh, let's go ahead and let people know where they can find us. Uh, you can find me personally at Chuck Madden Jr. on Letterboxd. Follow me along. I'm doing some Saw rewatches there. So uh, you guys can enjoy that. Uh, Stacy, where can people find you? Glover 84 on Letterboxd. All right. Melanie? Plastic Werewolf on all social media. So you can follow me wherever you want to. All right. And you can follow us at Cinema Parlor on... I have to stop you. Okay. I have Mary Fuck Kills. Oh, man. All right. I have Mary Fuck Kills. I'm so, so sorry. That's okay. Look, we'll... It's we'll okay. redo this. No, no. We don't no, no. have to okay. redo it. We'll leave it right okay. here because that's totally my okay. fault. I got so swept up in Absolutely. the hate of... Resident Evil 6. <laughs> the so final chapter. Yeah. The first I'm going to give you, it's Boys from the Game. And I just need to know your responses to this. Okay. So we have Chris, Leon, and Wesker. Mm. Or as I affectionately call them, Whiskers. Mm. But Chris, wow. Leon, and Wesker. I'm, I'm, I'm effing Chris, killing Wesker, and I'm marrying Leon. Okay. He seems like the type that I would build a relationship around. I'm going to agree with Nolan here. Oh, wow. I, here's this the is, thing. This is a, Probably a first, everyone. Leon, that's someone you can grow with. Right. You know, you saw him from Rookie Cop in Resident Evil 2 mm-hmm. to Secret Agent Badass in number four. Mm. Yeah. You can grow with that. Okay. Now, Chris, he's a hunk. Right. Punches boulders. Absolute hunk. Whoa. This hall is dangerous. There must be a back door somewhere. Make you feel a little bit of pain. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Right. Maybe, right. maybe you right. could. Okay. Wesker? I'm going to kill him, but I couldn't kill him unless it's Wesker from number one. Then maybe I could get the drop on him because he's a dumbass. Okay. But Wesker, once he's super powered. Absolutely not. Can't I, I don't him. think I'd kill him. No. So, man, maybe I'd be forced into fucking Wesker. Well, here, Okay, so here's my answer. Okay. Marrying Leon, I'm going to fuck Wesker. Oh, wow. Because okay. he's not that attractive in the games. No. And I know that, the, but also. Are, are, like, how do you feel about the shape of the sunglasses? I. I hate it, but I'm into it. <laughs> I don't, like, I'm judging myself, yeah. but I'm into it. Okay. Like, if he, because he's going to keep the sunglasses on while you're effing Obviously. Him. He keeps them on at night. Yeah. He doesn't care. It's like a part of his body. Yeah, so. They don't leave. For some reason, it's like, I'm mm-hmm. like, 
Yeah. I don't know. It's like I feel like you could do some role playing stuff yeah. with that, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm into it. I don't yeah. know what it is. That's the cover art version of Chris from the original. Yeah, game. I'm gonna kill Chris. You so. don't want to punch his boulder. Uh, no, I don't want to touch his boulder. She wants to end it. Mm-hmm. I have a monster edition. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. fuck kill. Okay. So we have Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Zombie, just a normal zombie. Okay. I wouldn't even say a crimson head. Okay. And double executioner. Oh man, I, I'm I'm effing the double executioner. It's, double it's trouble. It's gonna be a three way. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, it's gonna be lit. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, <laughs> we're gonna do it in a shower, so that'll be good. Uh, <laughs> I'm killing the zombie. Yeah, don't want it. And uh, I want it gone. And then, uh, yeah, uh, nemesis. I'm I'm marrying. I mean, he's a protector. He's mm-hmm. going to protect me. You, uh, as we've established on this podcast, I am all for um, just just feeling protected. I, I like being pampered, mm-hmm. so that's my answer. Yeah. I think it was very, very easy for me. Stacy. Okay. So I am going to marry the executioners. I'm going to mm-hmm. live that classic Mormon life. <laughs> We're okay. going to... I got... Sister, I got Sister wives. Yeah, I got two breadwinners. <laughs> okay. Um, nice. And... I mean, they are executioners, so I assume that they they people have a are, job. People are listening to classically, them too. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and they're huge. Yeah. They could protect me. Mm-hmm. Protection's big, and yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fuck Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, because I don't think they show it in the movie, but in the game, he's got those tentacles. Yeah, and that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Also, like, do some exploring. Yeah, he. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill zombie. I think that'd be the easiest for me. I think real life Stacy could kill a real life zombie. Mm-hmm. I think I could do that. Yeah. So there's even a chance I could. A small chance, but the right. Chance. So that that's what I'm gonna go with. Nice. Kill zombie for sure. That's the choice. Right. I don't want any part of that. Necrophilia because it's like a person, but they're dead. They're just moving. It's yeah. gross. Not permissible. Yeah. yeah. No. You know, a person's it's... soul's gone. If that's a thing, it's troublesome. Mm-hmm. It's troublesome at best. Yeah. So yeah, kill the mm-hmm. zombie. Yeah. In my mind, like, this is probably, like, almost inappropriate, but I'm going to say, <laughs> so we got shower scene. I mm-hmm. think Claire and Alice are there. Mm. I think double executioner. I think things are happening. So it's like, if, if we're, if we're basing this on the movie stuff, there is a, there's a chance, I mean, they're in the world. So it's there's a chance they could stop by. Doesn't so feel like it's in the spirit I'm of the question. I'm just saying that's, that's something that <laughs> I'm feeling. And then, yeah, I'm not a member of stars. He's not trying to kill me directly. Mm -hmm. I'm not a threat. Tentacles. Yeah. I mean, maybe that too. Some weird hentai. I don't know. I'm I'm down for it though. But yeah, I think that's the the choice. So I am so sorry that I forgot to add those before we officially closed out. I'm glad you remembered because obviously it was needed (laughs) and I enjoyed it. But I think we can officially... uh, Say sayonara. Say sayonara. Okay, as I was, I will get back on it here. Uh, you can find us at Cinema Parlor on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, you can on all social medias there. You can find us at Cinema Parlor on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please rate and review our show; it would mean a lot. And I'm out of here. You know, Resident Evil franchise. Hell yeah! Go watch. Go play. Yeah, go do some stuff. Enjoy. It's been fun. It has. Uh, We will be back in a few weeks with a new episode for everyone. With that being said, thanks for listening. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Resident 
Umbrella. 